Hey guys, it's Chris from uh, Chaos Movies, second podcast, chose to talk about Passenger, which is a movie from 2016, directed by Morton Kaidum, I think it is, he's also the director of The Imitation Game, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, another great movie. The writer of this movie is also John Spaitz. I think it is. He was a writer for Prometheus, Doctor Strange. He's got a couple of movies coming up that I checked real quick because I love my facts. Uh, he's writing for a movie called uh, The Justice League Dark, in quotes. So The Dark Justice League, which is looks like they're going to go down a little avenue there. Pretty much the same as Marvel with all their sort of um, extra movies that they do and also looks like he's tackling a script for a movie called black hole which was from 1979 it's a reboot i do remember it kind of a space movie so one thing i noticed is that these directors and this writer and i think the producer as well they love their futuristic style movies um you can certainly tell in this this movie passenger everything everything about it is is futuristic you know um it stars chris pratt jennifer lawrence is the main character chris pratt is actually second uh, michael sheen who plays arthur behind the bar super cool and lawrence fishburne uh fish fishburne my man morpheus from the matrix so it's funny they're the four main actors of this movie and i love it it's simple. It's like Castaway and um, I Am Legend. You know, you've just got a couple of actors and then the rest is CGI and special effects and graphics and whatnot. In, in this movie, you know, you've got um, this Chris Pratt. There's spoilers in here, people. If you're watching, listening, whatever, don't care. Just I'm just talking about it. So in this movie, you know, it starts off with a little story bit of thriller spaceship traveling through space and runs into an asteroid storm and of course that's it you know go on autopilot everyone else is asleep so there's always going to be some sort of malfunctions but they don't tell you that so they just show you that some shit went down the on the on the spaceship uh which is called um i have to check that up actually remember the name of it but doesn't matter uh it yeah, it took a couple of took a couple of hits, but I don't show you that. All they show you is that Chris Pratt, um, played by sorry Chris Pratt, his character is Jim, and he's a, a electrical engineer or a mechanic of sorts. And do you know what his pod cryopod it wakes up? That's it. It's it's probably a scary feeling, you know. You wake up on a on a ship and. You don't know where you are, how far you traveled, and the ship is computerized or automated to tell you that, hey, meet here, meet there, and we're going to figure this out. We've got a couple of four months until we reach our destination, so let's have some fun, and yet he's the only one there, you know. It's like Tom Hanks in Castaway, same thing. Landing on an island, struggling to make sense of it all. I'm Legend was different, though, right, with Will Smith, because at the end of the day, it started off chaotic and then gradually broke down to just being him in that movie. And then they flash back and forward. So 
you know, that's that. So when you're stranded, well, you're going to question every bit of, you know, God, find out we're 90 years away from our destination. That means the end of your life. What are you going to do? There's probably not much you can do, right? But you're an electrical engineer or a mechanic, so you're going to figure some stuff out. So that's, that's how it sort of starts off. But, um, you know, they, they, they design the sets real well. Obviously, they're in the main place. Universal or Atlanta, wherever it was, I think it was, I can't remember. Um, and it's crazy. You look at the ship and, and you look at the, the, the gear they've got, it's it's really well done. It's good stuff. I love it. Sets me, puts me right in the mood. The colour tones of the bar, though, that, that was what interested me when I first watched it. I was like, all right, okay. You know, Arthur's dressed up. You know, that's played by Michael Sheen. He's behind the bar, so he's obviously pre-programmed, but he's a android, which is different to a, just a robot. So he's obviously got program response, even though they give him a little bit more of a human touch, which is probably fair because bartenders at any bar um, generally have that um, those resources with them, so they can always relate to you and anything you're going you're going on with. But I did read that his color tones match the same as the color tones carpet and walls as um, The Shining, uh, directed by Stanley Kubrick, I think it was. And so, yeah, it gives you that ominous thriller feel, 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 where you know that he's awake, he's searching, he's trying to stay active, he's eating all the food, drinking, he's going through all the motions, all that kind of stuff, and then eventually you're going to get to your breaking point where you think, you know what, no one's even going to know that you're alive. No one's ever going to know. And you can't send messages because you've sent it back home. Well, you'll probably be dead by the time you get a response because, you know, that's just the way it works in space and and, and um, hyper hyperspace, I think it's called. So, um, so once you put all those things together, you basically come up with a, a really good layout, you know, just stars, space, it's all sexy. You watch it and you just go, I'd love a piece of that. But at the end of the day, you're on your own, on the sheep, sh- ship, heading towards a destination that you wanted to be on. That was why you were under the pretense that you were going to be in cryo sleep, but now you're awake. So it comes down to that last little, you know, impulse that you're just like, there's nothing here for me. Your hair's long, your beard's long, you smell like shit probably. Don't know who changes their, or washes their clothes. That's one thing I'd love to know in this movie is that bed sheets, clothes, food, just all keeps reappearing. But that's the beauty about movies, right? It's not about that. It's about us watching them in their roles portraying a, a character that is feeling all these things. So obviously the biggest question with this movie, I, I knew it before I, I started watching it. I knew, I heard about it. It was a question on a radio station locally to where I am. And it said, at the start of the movie, once you figure it all out, is it is it considered, is what he does in this movie considered murder unethical go against your values your principles your morals everything right 
thinking about a man on the edge, right? Yeah. Or a woman on the edge. Doesn't matter. Either one. Same thing. We're all put in the same situation. When you're on a, if you had this plan, you're going to this new destination to create a new world. What's your job? You're a creator, electrical engineer. You know, you fix it. You're going to make things, do things, whatever. And you find out it's all been cut short. Something wrong with the ship. Woke you up, and then the minute you're about to kill yourself because there's no hope, you just can't do it because there's something inside your head. So you call that, either call that like some form of purpose or, I mean, in this movie, that's the way they want you to think. So anyway, goes back in and trips over an old alcohol bottle and lands right at the feet of Aurora, played by Jennifer Lawrence. And that's it. He found a new sense of hope. She saved his life, essentially, is what he's saying. And um, this is where it gets tricky because then that becomes obsession and and, and his fantasy and um, he read everything about her, looks at the pictures and that, and this is where you've got to put yourself in their shoes, right? Because it's the same later on when they talk about her. But with him, put yourself in his shoes, right? The, what's the worst thing that could happen if you wake her up? That she finds out and she hates you? Or that you would be a psychopath and you can just live with the guilt of waking someone up and condemning them to death on a ship? Or, as this movie likes to do, and like a lot of movies like to do, is that it's a, it's a thriller rom-com drama <laughs> in some way. Because you know that when you look at those two, Chris Pratt, Jennifer Lawrence, sexy as fuck couple. I did read something about the fact that this was the first in this movie, spoiler alert, as I said earlier, they have a sex scene, but he's married in real life and she isn't. And it's the first time she's ever had to do a scene with a married man. So huh, that could probably be daunting, but you're an actor, right? You've got to do it. It's all, all or nothing. And But still you got to get those scenes out of the way, right? So it's kind of funny. But, um, yeah, so you, you never know what's going to happen when, when these situations arrive. So he wakes her up and uh, legs it and immediately feels bad, guilty. But I don't know if you picked it up, but throughout the movie when I watched it, they made Chris Pat look a lot thinner than normal, obviously. But like I previously mentioned in one of my other podcasts when I was watching uh, Mile 22, the way they structure the lighting or whether they put infills in his eyes, they were dark, creepy. It's kind of evil, you know, right from the start when he woke up. It's like it said his intentions for the movie were that at some point he's going to do something that's going to go against his judgment or his, uh, his values or, or whatever. And when you look at her eyes, well... They're really nice, light blue, very, very, very attractive eyes. And that's it. So it sort of sets the scene that he's already going to make a decision that's not going to really do it. But that's the point of the movie, right? Because when you're drowning, which I think it's quoted in the movie, when a man's drowning, he needs someone else to drown with him. That's basically what they say. So, but back to the, I mean... I love it. Once they're awake, you know, you can tell he's troubled. She says some things and it sparks up the whole guilt and then it goes away. And then it's intimacy, love, 
um, the usual stuff that goes on when you're probably by yourself on a ship and it's just you two, you know, try to act normal, try to behave normal like a real world type situation, enjoy all the facilities, um, all that kind of stuff. But in the meantime, some things start to go wrong and they've been happening right from the start. And they even, they even give you a bit of a precursor to it when you look at the actual uh, title cover with a picture of Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt side by side in the title cover underneath says passengers in a, um, a style of font that I can't remember. But underneath that style of font is some marks, right? It goes dot, 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 dash, dash, dot, dot. I didn't figure it out on my own, but I did read. That means S-O-S. So, if you didn't know anything about this movie and you were super, super smart, you could read the cover and go, oh, right, it's a movie. It's in space because there's a spaceship. Passengers, that's what they are. And love connections, great. And SOS, okay, cool. So something's going to go wrong. Drama filled. But the thriller side of it for me is is just noticing that the ship is sick. They, they show you that at the start when some shit goes crazy and when his pod opens up. But they give you a little insight, you know, robots glitching, um, things falling, elevated doors, is, you know, just give you a bit of thriller, you know, just to, just to break up the drama and the love and the excitement of being on your own in this crazy futuristic ship that's got everything you need except security clearance for the places you need to get to to find out what the fuck's going on. But um, they really make an effort in letting you feel the, the crazy vibes of the sick get, uh, the ship getting sick. And that's when once Arthur has a bit of a hissy fit, that's played by Michael Sheen, he's the android barman, and he was indebted with a secret not to mention anything to Aurora about being woken up. But obviously when um, Jim says to Aurora that in front of Arthur that there are no secrets between us and you know we're all good and you get that feeling he's about to propose to her. But Arthur looks at him and goes, oh, no secrets? No secrets between us? But I already know the secret about you waking her up. So it glitches a little bit and you're like, oh no, here we go. <laughs> this is the... This is the Introduction, climax, resolution, first act, second act, third act. So this is the second act. This is where it's like, boom, all that happy shit, sexy scenes, fun on the ship, you know, all that stuff you'd love to experience just goes fucking boom. Tells her exactly what happened and she loses it. In all fairness, she loses it. So now it's a story about her and her processes. You know, he spent a year on his own, like her can spend a a bit of time processing what the hell's going on. But meanwhile, you've got the, the bad dog, Chris Pratt, who's just feeling all the, the usual shit you feel. So he's doing everything he can to um, not win her back, but to apologize, I guess you could say. But seriously, it's so, in my eyes, I don't know what I'd do if he's in that situation. I mean, it's such a bad thing to do. It's karma, right? You do it. You wake them up, they're going to find out. It's guilt. It's, it's, I mean, unless you're a psychopath, you can't live like that. It's eventually going to come out at some point. But this movie does a really good job at letting you enjoy the, the things that come along with it. So once all that happens, 
you know, she's spent some time telling him to fuck off, basically, and leave me the fuck alone, I don't need you, and uh, he decides to build a tree in front of the ship, which it's kind of a, that was kind of a beautiful thing, right? I'm not sure how he did it, but it looked really cool. He drew some mathematics shit on the ground and obviously did it. And it just gives you that sense of normality for them both, right? A bit of a reset, like, okay, we're on this big chunk of metal flying through fucking space at however fast they're going. I'm sure he said it was about 55 light years, light speeds, whatever. Super fast. Anyway. So to see a full-grown tree in the middle of the goddamn um, like a platform, uh, not the platform, like lobby, you could say, right there. I mean, that's got to give you some good feeling, right? And then, of course, the ship starts going pear-shaped. And um, <laughs> that's when my man Morpheus rocks up. Just his voice out of nowhere. I don't know, he's not the captain, but he's, a, he's like the chief crewman. And he's going on about these pods failing. You know, it's understandable that all the pods would fail, but Chris Pratt's failed under just very, very rare circumstances. Clearly, um, Jennifer Lawrence's pod failed because he made it fail, and Lawrence Fishburne, well, his pod failed because that poor motherfucker's sick. He is crook as shit. And this is where it gets exciting for me is because this is where it starts creeping into the third act, right? It starts to notify that the ship is sick. He's awake. The places that they needed to get to over the last year or two of them being stranded on the ship are now under their feet. You know, they can get in there because Lawrence Fishburne's awake and he's got the access. So once they start figuring out it's not supposed to happen, all this kind of stuff, this is where you start to notice that they, their character switches they need to they need each other and of course the ship needs them more than anything so um the the you know the actions of chris pratt throughout the movie he's relieved towards the end of the movie because it's a massive weight off his shoulders right now that she knows that it was him that took the pot off his weight is in so he's been stuffed around doing this kind of stuff so he's free of his guilt She's got a new sense of anger and the captain finds out he's, uh, not the captain, but the crewmate finds out he's sick. So that's it. So that's, that's it. They will, you know, start to repair the ship and, and however they can. So it's sad when Fishburne passes away in this movie. I mean, he was only in it for a short period of time. And as I said, it's only four, it's only four, um, main characters in this movie. There's a lot of flashbacks and stuff, not a lot, but some flashbacks to give you a bit of insight to how she was never meant to be on Earth, that she was always searching for something and that bolsters the fact that she really is in love with Chris Pratt regardless of what she does. But I think that's for us more so because, to be honest, if you were on a ship and someone fucked up your life and basically murdered you in space, you wouldn't go back to that dude. It'd take a lot longer... Uh, you wouldn't go, oh, well, it's just the two of us on the ship, so why not we just get together because, you know, that's it. But for ours, for our point of view, when we see the flashbacks, we can they give you a bit of taste that she was never meant to be on Earth. So if she ever found what she was looking for, which apparently is what she was looking for was Chris Pratt, um, character Jim. So, you know, they were destined to be together. 
that makes the movie a little bit easier for us. So, look, all in all, I, I really love this movie. It was it was super exciting, uh, super evil, creepy, but sexy at the same time. And just you know, they're they're hurling. Through, you imagine just hurling through space, waking up early, and then just seeing the hottest chick of your life who's got everything she needs. She's got the brains. She's she's a writer. She's got all this stuff, and you just fall in love and you wake her up and you she joins your world and then you know all that kind of stuff and then. And then, of course, you find out that there was a reason why you guys were woke in the first place. A real reason at the end of the day. Take out murder, ethics, morals, whatever. The ship, the purpose of them being awake is that they need to fix it. That's just it. He, his pod malfunctioned because the ship was sick. He was sick, so he malfunctioned her. And, of course, Chief, played by Lawrence Fishburne, well, he was malfunctioned because he was sick. So all three of them were awoke. Uh, woke up because their destiny, not destiny, but their purpose was to find out what the fuck happened to the ship and fix it because they will become legends and their legacy will be that they fix the ship and so everyone can survive and probably fucking never find out whatever happened. But, I mean, the, the, the coolest part about it was it just has that, that um, not... I say Adam and Eve, I'm not religious, but Adam and Eve feel to it where once that tree is planted and they figured out all the biomechanics of the ship, they can find out how to grow it and chickens and water and use all the stuff and just create a life that they wanted. They don't really show you that and that's fine because I've got an imagination. That's the whole point, right? Once you get to a certain point in the movie, if you don't understand it, your imagination is what you got. So the imagination is what's going to help you in the gaps and I, I guess the one thing I thought is that you know they could have had a couple of kids but obviously given their time frame they had 89 years to get to the planet so assuming by the end of the movie well it's a bit unfair to raise kids and leave them on the ship lost in space style as credit to the writer who's going to be writing lost in space you know leaving your kids or your robots on a on a ship and they're probably going to die before they even get to where they're going or if they do they're probably going to be 89 or 87 years years old and yeah well I suppose it's irrelevant the, the idea is that what happened happened they woke up he woke her up because the ship needed him and then that's it it's probably more of a lesson of life isn't just Regardless of technology or advancement in world, uh, world, um, in the world, nothing ever runs smoothly. There's always something that's going to come along and challenge your your character. And look, in this movie, it really worked for me. So, you know, I urge everyone to watch it. Have a crack, Passenger. It's four years old, and. I don't think there's a second one coming. Clearly, they're not going to show you anything you need to know about the future of it. So if you're out there, thanks for listening. This is Chris from Chaos Movies. Appreciate your time.